0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans welcome back to another victory well whenever you're listening to this victory Sunday victory Monday post-game podcast I'm Jeff Hartman co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com the Steelers win again 10-0 they remain perfect after a 27-3 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars down in Duval County it was a rare dominant win over the Jaguars it's it. It was a weird game, but hey, 10-0 is 10-0. And, and with me, as always, Dave Schofield, other co-editor. How's it going, Dave?
1: It's going all right. I really wish I could hear your thoughts on this game, Jeff, because I really wish I knew what was going through <laughs> your mind on a, on a play-by-play basis. Um, I'm really looking forward to this.
0: He's joking. We watched the game together. He was at my house. For the game. He knows exactly what I thought. But Brian Anthony Davis was not. He was at his own shindig. Brian, welcome to the show. How's it going?
2: <laughs> It really wasn't a shindig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just my wife and my kids and my wife commenting on all the bad mustaches on the Steelers players. And <laughs> she goes, I thought it was no shave in November. I thought they'd have beards. But you know what? It was It was fun nonetheless. I thought this game was in hand the entire time. And to quote the great George Papard from The A-Team, I love it when a plan comes together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... This game was was strange, and let's start off with uh, the knee jerk reactions. Brian, we'll start with you and what your just initial
2: reaction was after the game. The clock goes to zeros, and you think what? I think that we're going to have a lot of people saying, "Oh no, there's problems here, and there's problems here," and the offense doesn't look great. But really, that was a complete win. It really was the the uh, running backs played better the running game was was decent today you know it wasn't flawless and it comes back to something that you always say jeff i think you say the thing the same thing too dave that this team hasn't peaked yet and just look out and be happy for a win we're going to celebrate thanksgiving in 4 days and be thankful that your team is 10 and 0 and be thankful that your team could win in a variety of ways and they won in another way today. So these wins, these 10 wins that they have, are not typical of each one. There's not, this is a very diverse team as far as ways to beat you. This is a Swiss Army Knife team. I'm feeling good. Dave Schofield, knee-jerk reactions. What do you think? Boy, the
1: Steelers really know how to lull you into a blowout, don't they? I I mean, that's kind of what it feels like, is that... This game was never really close. I mean, they scored the last 27 points of the game. They gave up the field goal. So it's funny. They gave up the field goal. on The first drive, I turned to Jeff and said, well, there goes Brian shutout. <laughs> and then we shut him out from that point on. Yeah. So it was one of those things where, and you felt like the offense had, you know, too many drives that they left opportunities out there and things like that. But it was a blowout still. And yeah. but I mean they really did just kind of ease you and lull you in into that throughout this game. The game wasn't really in question um beyond the middle of the second quarter. I would I mean, is it at that point where they hit yeah the, second quarter maybe it mean,
0: kind of broke out?
1: You, you got a little bit frustrated, and that's probably why maybe Mr. Rothelsberger is a little frustrated how the first half ended. You know, leaving points on the field. The Steelers had played clean football for so many games in a row to then have a have a turnover like that. But um once again, not a perfect game, but a perfect record.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I would say that this team is at least in the in the past few weeks has been very opportunistic. I mean, you look at the the headline of this podcast: how the, the Steelers take away, and we'll talk about those takeaways. But they have four interceptions on on Jake Luton and. um So four picks is four picks. I mean, they're plus three in the turnover differential for the game. Really, really good job. I thought the Steelers opportunistic ways, and they can continue that, they're going to be a tough team to beat because the Steelers offense might not be, you know, the shining example for consistency, but at the same time, they're good enough to score points even on their worst day. You give them extra possessions, they're going to cash in. So real quick, let's get to Isaac Aguilera gave us $5. He said, when is Mike Tomlin going to tell the refs to watch every player guarding TJ Watt? Because it seems like he's being held every play and the refs are nothing. I said it multiple times in this game. Watt's getting tackled. He's getting tackled again. And finally, they did call holding. But the NFL has not been calling a lot of holding calls this year in general, not just on TJ Watt. I'm sure that Mike Tomlin is telling officials to watch it. Trust me. It's just they're not throwing the flags, period. Rodney Lyles gives us $5. Says I'm just enjoying the ride. Ghost Stealers and to yeah. all be safe. Amen to that. Just enjoy the ride. 10 and 0. Holy cow. It, it, is, it is kind of surreal. That's a good way of putting it. it. You know, for those of us that have been doing this long enough, I remember podcasting my way through an 0 and four start, one and three. It to be 10 and 0, it's it's incredible. It is incredible. Um, and lo- let's get it out of the way now. Let's also get it out of the way now. The Ravens lose the Ravens <laughs> lost the Tennessee Titans in overtime, come back and they win at M the, the Ravens have lost two games in a row. Now they are six and four. And if you look at the standings, they are third in the division. Brian, when you
2: saw that result after the Steelers result, what was your thought? It's a beautiful day. My, my, <laughs> you know, this, this is an opportunity for a knockout punch, not for the division title. And that's something we talked about beforehand, before we came on. You did not win the division title if you beat the Ravens. You just knock the Ravens out of your way completely where they can't bother you. That's it. They cannot catch you. They can't do anything if you beat them this week. But we're talking about this game and it just shows that this team, the Baltimore Ravens, just doesn't have it. They have they have it against the the teams that uh that they should be. They just don't have not reached that upper level, which means Lamar Jackson has not made that step like a guy Pat Mahomes did a couple years ago, like different quarterbacks have. This is not a mature team in Baltimore. So when I saw this happen, I was thinking, "Great! Now we can focus our attention on being on the bad guys, being the Cleveland Browns." And pretty soon, you're going to be seeing, you're going to be seeing the Steelers in the rooting guide posting that you've got to watch watch out for the uh, baltimore ravens and root for the ravens to beat the browns (laughs) dave you and i
0: were watching this game at the finish and that's one of the reasons we were a little bit later starting because
1: you guys have to start without me but i'm not missing the end of this
0: but derrick henry rumbles into the end zone for the win in overtime dave what are your thoughts about the division as we look forward
1: Okay, just real quick about about the the Baltimore stuff. First of all, how deflating is it when a team's in field goal range and you got to hold them and try to block it, and they just bust a big run into the end zone to end the game? How yeah. that's, I mean, ugh, that's awful. So, I like that. Also, I'm I'm waiting for the reports of the Wikipedia page being change for the Baltimore Ravens when it says who's their daddy and it's going to be the Tennessee team, you know, knocking them out of the playoffs and coming back in. I mean, this was a game prime for the Ravens to win. Coming off a tough loss last week, you had to have this game and they didn't. So to me, that tells me uh, this could be uh, Thursday's game is... It's bonus material. If the Steelers happen to come out and struggle because it's a short week and things don't go their way and something happens, it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. To me, the fact that they already took care of business in Baltimore and because it's not the end of the world, that's an even better chance for the Steelers to go in and win this game. But that's next week. Let's talk about this game and love that. I mean, it's the, the AFC North is almost wrapped up. It's almost wrapped up. We
0: always say it. If you just take care of your own business, you don't have to worry exactly. about anyone else. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, some guy that used to be a podcaster for Behind the Steel Curtain um, <laughs> put $5 in the tip jar. No um, dollars. Well, whatever you want to call it. He used to podcast for Ryan the Steel Curtain. Um,
2: he was fired this week.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually, just, actually, just demoted to... Uh, there you go. There Steelers Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new podcast that comes out at 2 a.m. here. Yeah. And, uh,
0: you just got the Sunday, uh, the Sunday at one o'clock time slot. How about that? All right. So <laughs> good, <that's> good. <laughs> good day, fellas. Awesome win. Let's enjoy this one. Ten and no is ten and no, no matter what NFL fans say. Two teams show up every Sunday and we have beaten them all. That's true. Very true. That's we had another one here. Uh, Dave, if I miss any of this, uh, any other ones, let me know. That's Pittsburgh, all I've seen so far. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers fan thirty-nine gives us five dollars. He says, "Yet we are ranked lower than the Ravens when we beat a team that they can't beat, and we beat them ourselves." Hey, the Steelers have beaten everyone they've played against uh, at this point in time. I'm not interested in having any type of idiot conversation with a Ravens fan or a Browns fan when the Steelers haven't lost a game. Okay, that's <laughs> just period. I'm not going to have that conversation. But you know what we always do here on the post game show? We look at this game from the numbers. And so let's start off we always start out with one. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger finishes 32 of 46, 267 yards, a uh, sneaky 5.8 average, two touchdowns, one pick. Gosh, that pick was awful. And zero sacks. Guys, third straight game that Ben Roethlisberger has not been sacked. He finishes with an 89.7 rating. Let's grade out Big Ben. Dave, go ahead. It's four of the last five as well. That's I didn't know that. That's yeah. that's noteworthy. Absolutely noteworthy. So let's Dave, we'll start with you since you just said that. Uh go ahead and grade Ben Rothelsberg.
1: Um we'll probably grade Ben Rothelsberger better than what he grades himself. Um was- Jeff said he was not very happy. I was not catching any of his postgame he was comments because I was he trying was to <laughs> get home to do this this show. Um, probably didn't like the interception, probably didn't like how. Cal- it's pretty sad when you score 27 points and you feel like you leave a lot on the field. So you know what? I want them to feel this way. I'm glad that Ben Roethlisberger feels this way. I'm going to give Ben Roethlisberger, I'm going to give him a B plus because okay. he did what he had to do. Made that nice oh, nice throw to Ebron as his last pass of the game um, and set some things up. Some other times they weren't on the same page and some other things. Interception. Yeah, you say that's ugly but if Washington turns out instead of turns in, it might've been a touchdown. Um, It was what it was. I would have been fine if it sailed through the end zone. Um, But all in all, I'm not giving him an A because I don't think he would give himself an A. All
0: right, Brian, what about you? What do you grade uh, BTR? Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. But he gets an
1: A plus on the tackle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very good. (laughs) What do you grade BTR there, Brian?
2: You know what? I could go with a B B-plus that Dave goes. I could also go with an A-minus just for the fact that his leadership is off the charts with this team. And he, he really led this team to victory once again on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I'm reading in the comment section, Bo mentions that would have really loved to have put 40 on this team. Everybody wanted them to put 40 on this team. And I understand that. But it's all about how you manage winning the game they got the running back the running game back into the equation this week. That wasn't perfect, but like Dave said earlier, this game was never in doubt and Ben had a lot to do with it. Sure it could have gone a lot better. He would have definitely gotten an A if it wasn't that interception was ugly, but you know, I'll forgive that because it I saw on our Slack channel when we were talking about it. Hey, take a shot right before halftime where it doesn't matter. So, that goes against his stats. But, you know what, who cares? He still has, what, five interceptions on the year yeah. as opposed to, I, I've lost count, 24? 24 touchdowns? So, you know, th- this uh, – Well, he had two, so – He had two yeah, touchdowns. I think, it's, I, think I think he has 24. 24. Okay, yeah. So this guy really has it together. He's leading the team, and I love the fact that he's hard on himself after the game. So as far as going – this goes, I have trust in Ben Roethlisberger every time he goes back to pass – And I feel that this was a pretty good game. So the A minus is is fair. I'm going to give him a solid
0: B because let's be honest. In my opinion, Ben Roethlisberger is essentially an offensive coordinator. He is. We can complain about Randy Land all we want, but Ben has his fingerprints all over this playbook and all over this game plan. And I just think that he deserves some blame, not all of the blame, for when this offense looks completely discombobulated, completely out of sync, and no rhythm whatsoever. There are just moments, and today there were quarters, the first and the third, where the Steelers' offense looked like they had never played a snap together. And so for that, and and he was off a little bit on a couple throws, but he's human. I'm not saying I expect perfection from everything, but I'm going to give him a B because I think that it is okay to put some of the blame on the offense's lackluster performance and stretches where they just are awful on Roethlisberger's shoulders. I think that what you might see on Thursday night is you might see a lot of no huddle because that's when the offense seems to be moving well, when they get in their bunches and they they spread them out and they have a lot of defensive backs on the field. Uh, we'll see. We'll talk about that as the week progresses. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm going to give him a solid B. Snowman, before we move on to the running backs, he's had he gave us $5 at the Steelers' win, 10-0. The Ratbirds lost. Christmas comes early. That's right, Snowman. We appreciate that tip. Absolutely appreciate it. Uh, here we have $10 from Tom Muir who says, here we go, Steelers. Here we go, 10-0, and 0, $1 for each W. Happy we finished, mostly healthy, hoping the bumps and bruises heal up by Thursday. B plus overall, B on offense, A plus on defense, B on special teams. There are his greats. Thank you very much, Tom, for the tip. We appreciate it. All right, let's move on now. Let's go to the running backs. I think, is it? Yes, rushing the Steelers rushed for 106 total yards, and that includes minus four from Mason Rudolph, who was in the vic- victory formation. Connor has 13 carries for 89 yards. Benny Snell, 7 for 15, did have a touchdown. Ray Ray McLeod, one for three. McFarland three for three. And like I said, Rudolph, three for minus four. Uh, guys, if we're grading the ground game, what are you giving them? We'll stick with the order. Let's go with Dave Schofield.
1: Um, I'm going <laughs> to... Oh my goodness. I I almost want to give them the the um the the not the letter grade where it was you know um pass failed needs improvement much improved it was improved it was improved i mean especially with james conner when you look at 89 yards on only 13 carries so it wasn't that oh my goodness here goes the run game there was but there were still just some screwy decisions on how they were running it um and 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 kind of setting things up. There were some things where, where players were, where you saw Jacksonville even late, just kind of shooting gaps. Cause they knew where the play was coming as the Steelers go to snap the ball. Um, but in all I would say it was improved. They ran hard. They did, you know, <laughs> play hard. Um, and, and everything I'm, I'm going to give it a B it's not like it, Shot off the chart, but it is better than what it was. It could maybe even be a B minus, but it wasn't that, a, oh, they got to chuck it the whole game because they can't do anything on the ground.
2: What about you, Brian? What great. You get the running game. I thought Connor looked a whole heck of a lot better this week, and I don't think Connor's looked bad. No. I thought he hasn't had the holes. I thought the, uh, they opened up more lanes for him as well as far as the offensive line goes. This running game did what you needed it to do. So I'm, I'm fine with giving it a B plus.
0: If I were to, to kind of break this up a little bit and I didn't give you all the opportunity. So don't feel bad if you didn't, I'm going to give James Conner an A. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give the running game and, and everything else that goes along with it, a B minus. I think it's become very clear. I said this on Twitter during the game. I think it's become very clear. The running back by committee is just not going to work in with this offense. It's just not. So. The Steelers are are not, I don't think, dominant up front enough to be able to say, okay, it's Benny Snell's drive, and then it's Anthony McFarlane's drive, and then we're going to get Connor back in. I think that, look, it's Mike Tomlin. We've said this all offseason. Everyone said they need to go running back by committee, running back by committee, and what did we always say? We said, plain and simple, that's not Tomlin's M.O. It just isn't. He's not a guy that wants to do a running back by committee. He wants his bell cow. Put him out there. So I think and we're that, starting
1: to see why. Well, yeah, it
0: just doesn't <laughs> yeah. fit. And that's what I'm saying. It just doesn't fit with this offense. So therefore, I think they need to abandon that. It's not that I wouldn't love to see Anthony McFarlane break a big run, but at the same time, I I don't want them to force it by banging their head against the wall multiple times. If Benny Snell's your short yardage guy, that's fine. Then he uses any runs in that role. But I think that they need to, the, the offense itself, from a running perspective, They just need to simplify things and you might be better off. And I listened to the pregame podcast and I thought that, uh, Kevin Smith brought up a great point of it, that Vance McDonald has been a very key player in the run game and they clearly missed him. And then they lose Gentry to a quote unquote, significant knee injury. Um, he's probably done for the year. And so now you're looking at a situation again, where they they were without a player at a position that they like to use. They like to run a lot of a two tight end set. So, I'll give it a, if I'm giving just Connor, I'd give an A. I thought he ran hard. I agree with Brian. I don't think the issue is Connor. People say we need an upgrade upgraded running back. I don't think that, I don't think there's many running backs right now. that If you put them in this system, they would have ridiculous numbers. Even Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook, whoever else you want to bring up, it doesn't matter. So, all right, good job there, guys. Let's go to the uh, receiving core. Don Deontay Johnson, back-to-back hundred yard games. He has 12 catches on 16 targets for 111 yards. Chase Claypool, four catches for 59 on eight targets. He has one touchdown. Eric Ebron, four for 36 on seven targets. He has a touchdown. And then Ray, Ray McLeod with four for 20. Juju Smith-Schuster, four for 19. Ray, Ray McLeod caught everything thrown at him. Juju Smith-Schuster had five targets. That's five players with four or more receptions on the day. They spread the ball around as they always do. Let's grade the receiving core. Dave, we'll start
1: with you. I'm I'm going to give them an A. I don't really see anything that they did that wouldn't warrant it otherwise. I think they did a nice job. I mean, just imagine, and this was something that was brought up, and I, I don't know if this is something I can find, but I know Jeff's going to put me on this task that I'm going to have to search for it, is – is Chase Claypool leading the league in in pass interference yards called? Because, I mean, he's just getting them like crazy. Just imagine, you know, if those were receptions that he would be getting in, on all these plays. And that's part of the reason why Steeler fans are like Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool, and other people that don't watch all the Steeler games or don't really look at him as much when, it, when they're talking about the rookies because they're looking at some of just the numbers. They're like, well, his receiving yards aren't a ton. That's because he's getting pass interference penalties against them all the time, but you can't doubt those touchdowns. Um, Once again, I think the Steelers just saw a matchup that they, that they liked. And that's why Ben's first look more than anybody was always Deontay Johnson, that there was just something that they saw coming into it with Jacksonville's depleted secondary. And I think they did an, a, a very nice job was pretty efficient and, when when they needed it they they came up with the plays i mean um james washington only had the one catch but man was it a doozy in a in a nice spot so i'm content with what they're doing at the wide receiver
0: Brian anthony davis
2: grading the receivers hey absolutely and i got to tell you That's why Fonzie. <laughs> hey, hey. hey. So. <laughs> You know, every picture of me taken from the time I was probably three years old to seven or eight was like this because I, th- I thought it was Fonzie. Then the love boat came along and the- it became this. Um, but let me tell you this. I'm looking on the live chat and I saw our very own Jeffrey Benedict uh, chime in answering your question about the receiving yards and the uh, the pass interference yards as well. Oh, I'll be talking to him after this. And so, so... Here's a big thing, and he mentioned Nuke, which is DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I was going to bring this up before I saw that because I read about a week and a half ago where DeAndre Hopkins would love to see receivers get credit for their pass interference yards. And I think that would be really interesting. I don't think that's hard to do. You just put an extra category in saying pass interference yards and don't throw it on their reception yards, but give them a stat. That would be really cool. If that were to happen, Chase Claypool would probably, his stats would be amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine if you got fantasy football numbers on Claypool's or DeAndre Hopkins for that matter on those, that would be, that'd be incredible. But getting back to this entire ride receiving stable, I think it's fantastic. I love what they can do because if you have to go to Ray Ray, you go to Ray Ray. If, if uh when Juju Smith Schuster went out and I know I've said this a lot, I was like, oh no, we can't lose Juju. But I was like, oh no, if Juju's gone, we're dead. Because you know what? Everybody else steps up on that team. There is a number one wide receiver each and every week. Everybody wants to do the narrative here. Who is the Steelers true wide receiver? The true number one wide receiver. WR1 is every single week is going to change here for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's awesome because it could be James Washington next week. He only had one, I think he only had one catch, but that one catch was absolutely incredible. It was it, it was perfect. Everybody on this team is stepping up when we're talking about the wide receivers. Claypool very easily could have been the number one wide receiver today, but you had 12 catches from Deontay and he was all over the place. Ben likes Claypool for certain things, and he could go to him so many times a game, and he will. He loves Juju for very certain things, and he loves James Washington for certain things. When he goes to James Washington, excuse me, when he goes to Deontay Johnson, it's over the middle with that, that little stuff, and that little stuff comes up big, over 100 yards, two weeks in a row. That's why it doesn't matter who your number one wide receiver is here. You just have a number one unit, and that's all you need to know. A, am going to give him an A as well. You know,
0: Dave brought it up. He said, you know, it looks like Deontay Johnson or DJ, as I call him on Twitter now. um, It seems like he's his first read. And if he's his first read on a play and he's that open, why would you want him to throw somewhere else? Let's not get over analytical with the finishing numbers, targets and stuff like that. If the player's open, I'm not going to complain about Ben throwing the ball to the open receiver. You know, you can always... I remember this in the Tennessee game when there was the interception where he tried to really thread the needle to Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster on that play had a linebacker in trail position, so Ben was looking at his nameplate on the back of his jersey. And it ends up getting tipped up and intercepted. Like, oh, Deontay John Johnson was wide open underneath. Look, I get it, but at the same time, I'm going to trust the read. And so in this case, I-, I thought that while there were a couple passes that made you kind of cringe, that, that the receiving core is doing their job. And James Washington might be a guy, and I said this to Dave during the game, he might be a guy that he might only get two targets a game. You better make the most of them when you get them, like period. And you can talk about, oh, well, we should get James Washington more snaps. Are you going to take off the field? Do you want to take Chase Claypool off the field? I don't. You want to take Deontay Johnson off the field? Nope, not either. Juju Smith-Schuster? No. It's just a matter of you have so much depth at the position, someone's numbers are going to suffer. And I'm not I'm not willing. This is just me now. I'm not willing to say Claypool, Johnson, or Juju, unless they're injured, should see less time to get someone like Washington on the field. That's just the way that it is. It's the nature of the beast. If, by chance, and I'll bring this up now, Juju Smith-Schuster, in the post-game uh, press conference, Mike Tomlin said that there was no... Significant injury called it quote unquote bumps and bruises associated with the play of football as he always does. If he said
1: bruise comes <laughs> from stepping on the flag,
0: but <laughs> well, Juju had an ankle and then he stepped on the flag. This is like a toe. Um, it's, it's just one of those situations where on a short week, who knows maybe he can't play or maybe he can't play up to his normal standard. So this is a week. If that's the case, that James Washington will have to step up and that's part of the game. You know, Tomlin says it all the time an injury can be an opening for someone else to step up and make a play and so the Steelers have tremendous depth it shouldn't be a problem yet some people seem obsessed with making sure that every single player is the same amount of targets it just isn't the way the game works period so all right i'll get off my soapbox Mm -hmm. um let's lastly grade the offensive line just to recap they did not surrender a sack second game and three out of four that they have not given up a sack uh they rushed for 106 then threw for 267 for grading the offensive line guys how are we grading them go ahead dave
1: oh let's see that's always an interesting one for me i'm going to give him a b i mean i think i mean ben didn't once again no sacks but you know b plus i'd like to see them a lot of <laughs> How much of the running game was James? I mean, look, the one time he's running for a five yard loss one way and cuts it completely back across the field. I'm like, Ben, don't get hurt trying to block. And, you know, in order to get yards and things like that, it wasn't that the offensive line was doing him a lot of favors. But I also think that they're not putting the offense, they're not doing the offensive line a lot of favors with the way they're trying to run the ball. Like I pointed out to Jeff at the end hey, look, they put in. Derek Watt at the fullback position, not at the end of the line of scrimmage or under center. And look, the offensive line had a push three yards down the field. When you line up that way, they can do it. It's just, they're asking them to do a lot of run blocking out of possible. I don't know and where they don't get the push. So therefore could it be improved? Yes. But I think all in all, they did a great job, especially keeping Ben clean.
2: What about you, Brian? What are you grading the offensive line? You know what? I don't care how the meal's prepared. I don't care if the chef almost dropped it in the kitchen. I don't care if uh, if the waitress uh, put in curly fries instead of regular fries and had to change it. The bottom line is it tasted good. So what I'm saying, two numbers to think about. 10 and 0. Let me give you some other numbers. 27 to 3. A. All at a zero sacks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, he, let, let's be honest. In today's NFL, if you keep the quarterback clean, that's exactly what you want to do. A, I'll give him an A, straight up A. Um, a plus would have been if they were a little bit more dominant in the run game, like Dave mentioned, but I'll give them an A for sure. Matt uh, Falk, I hope I pronounced that correctly, said, hopefully we keep Juju. I think he's the perfect locker room guy, essentially the anti-AB, while still being a security blanket. You know, next Sunday, we'll get to – the change in the schedule for next week in our podcast platform. Next Sunday, we're going to be doing like a week twelve wrap up show. I guess this will be a great discussion point to have, and it's talked about some of the free agents the Steelers have on the horizon. Who should stay? Who should go? All that stuff. That'll be a good one. But I think they should keep Juju too. I tweeted that out not too long ago. Um, and then let's hear. Where's the other one? There we go. Brad Jewett gives us four ninety nine. Appreciate they said. Cool. We won. We should have. Let's take a second to laugh at Baltimore being six and four and center our focus towards thursday on to the next we will brad we will in due time my friend in due time we will get to baltimore all right before we call this first part uh the first half of the show uh, a show let's go to game balls offensive game balls now brian this is for a player that plays offense for the steelers you want to say that they are they did a superb job okay so brian i'll get you, i'll give you the go ahead go ahead who's your game ball for today
2: well, my game ball goes to Antonio Brown because if Antonio Brown didn't spout off and when traded, then we don't get Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson is going to get my game ball for today on offense. I, I thought it was fantastic. And I think outside the box, Jeff Hartman. I think outside not only the box,
0: but outside the bun. I didn't know if you were going with B.J. Finney here or what. I mean, even though he's with the Cincinnati name. <laughs> <laughs> that was calculated.
2: I All thought right, I was get... <laughs> brilliant.
0: Dave, your offensive game ball goes to
1: uh, since he gave it to DJ. I'm going to give it to James Conner because I thought he did a nice job of playing hard. Um, If you know what I, yeah. you know, yeah. he ran yeah. hard. He did what he. Did. I mean, he he had 89 yards, but on 13 carries. I mean, 6.8 yards per carry. That's the kind of, you know, you don't have to have a lot of rushes if you're going to have that that kind of average. I thought he he bounced back, showed that the, you do have to pay attention to the Steelers running game. Good job, James Conner.
0: I'm going to go with Chase Claypool for my game ball, uh, mainly because Deontay Johnson, he already was picked. But Chase Claypool hit pay dirt. You can't underestimate how many ways that he can impact a game. I mean, he drew two defensive pass interference calls in this game, I believe, or was it just one? I know there was one that got him in the scoring clear, range. Two. Pool.
1: At, least, yeah. at least two, I think.
0: And, yeah, he did have that drop. It would have been a tough catch, but he did have the one that hit him in the face mask and right through his hands. This kid's still young, but he's impacting the game more than I ever thought he would in his first year. So I give him my game ball. Okay, so what's going to happen now? If you're on YouTube, we're not going anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Stay, stay tuned. If you're on the podcast platform, all you got to do is go to part two, click play. You'll hear us talk about the defense, defensive game balls and things like that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.